Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, perhaps you can hear in my voice that I am recovering from the latest variant of COVID. And not only that, but I'm also recovering from the COVID rebound of the first COVID infection. So I'm on my way back, though, and uh, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been able to kind of harness my voice to do this. But hopefully you don't mind the raspiness today because I'm feeling well getting there. And for anyone that has gone through the COVID experience, uh, it is an experience. Hopefully, I thought after all these years that have gone by, I would keep to continue to skate by, but such wasn't my fate. But let us move on to healthier things and topics. And I'd like to begin today with uh, a favorite story of mine that I used oftentimes in my talks and lectures, and it's a frog story. And you may have heard me mention this story before, but uh, let's put a different spin on it today. So long ago, in a very remote part of the world, there lived a community of frogs. And these frogs lived in this swamp that was enclosed by a large stone wall. And in this frog community, no frog had ever gone far enough or high enough to see over that wall. It was a mystery. As the years went by and the decades went by, the frogs grew more and more curious. What's on the other side of that wall? One day, the mayor of the little community decided that he would enlist a race of the strongest and the fittest frogs that would run towards that wall and leap and get over the top and report back what was on the other side of the wall. So the day of the race came. Five of the strongest muscular frogs lined up, hamstrings tight, quadriceps ready for the leap. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this little kind of pale and weak and meek little frog shows up. And this was Thumper. Thumper was certainly uh, an outlier when it came to the race, but nevertheless, Thumper lined up next to the five who were jeering him at being in the race at all. Why are you here? You don't belong here, you little blah, blah, blah. The gun sounded. The frogs careened down that path, increasing their pace, getting faster and faster. Now, the crowds along the way were really becoming quite hysterical, as frogs can do, which you may or may not know. And frogs are very pessimistic, which you may or may not know. And the crowd started shouting at the frogs, don't do it, it's too hard, you'll get hurt. Come on, you can't do this, you're going to kill yourself. No one can jump that high. 
and the and the voices just kept following the frogs as they were running and running and one by one each of the frogs began to drop out of the race and the voices continued stop stop you can't do this until finally the only frog left was little thumper and thumper just kept going oblivious to the naysayers and the pessimists thumper started to run faster at the base of the wall he took a mighty leap but alas, his small frame could not reach the top of the wall. But nevertheless, Thumper started to inch up, grasping one rock after another and just pulling himself. And the crowd, of course, below, yelling, No, no, you're getting too high. You're going to fall. Thumper kept going. And Thumper got to the top of that wall. And he saw over the wall, for the first time in all of frogdom, Thumper was the first frog to see what was on the other side. Now, you may be curious and want to know what he saw when he looked over the wall, and I'm not going to tell you that, but you also may be curious and say, well, how was little Thumper able to manage the wall and not succumb to all that, that harsh pessimism and negativity? And Well, you see, the answer is that Thumper was deaf. He didn't hear the negative frogs. Now, what do these frogs have to do with you? Well, there are three types of frogs, if you listened carefully to my tale. Uh, one were the doubting frogs. You can't make it. Others were the fearful frogs. You're going to get killed. And then there were those negative frogs. It's too high. Stop, stop. You can't jump that high. These are the frogs that represent insecurity, the doubts, the fears, the negativity. Now, you have to ask yourself in life, what's keeping you from your wall? And the answer is simply insecurity, the voice of insecurity, the frog voice of insecurity. But before you blame your struggles on your frogs, and let's not do that, you have to understand that insecurity has one aim. From an evolutionary perspective, insecurity is geared to protect us. See, we are vulnerable creatures. And we need to recognize that being vulnerable, we need to be astute to the uh, threats that life presents. So insecurity prevents us from the arrogance which would maybe put us in jeopardy, standing up to a saber-toothed tiger just because we want to, rather than fleeing. Or, I don't know, what do you do when you see a saber-toothed tiger? Climb a tree? I don't know. But insecurity ostensibly is within us. And it's also not necessarily all within us. I mean, there are predispositions. We, we have insecurity. It's part of our human nature. But it is our environment that really kind of constellates the kind of insecurity that leads to anxieties, depressions, ineffective lives, unhappiness, and so on. So you see, the problem is that our frogs slash insecurities were formed during our developmental years, which is why if you listen carefully to the voice of insecurity, you can hear a primitive, a childlike, almost hysteroid quality to these thoughts. And that's because they reflect the habits that were laid down long ago. Now, are these your thoughts? Well, they are part of the tapestry of your psychological history. There's no question about that. And these habits of insecurity 
are embedded in your brain from the earliest time to the present. They've been reinforced, and you've been reinforcing the habits of insecurity. So they're rather resistant, and that's why as much as you may want to be less anxious or less depressed, it is difficult because basically you are up against an entrenched habit of insecurity. And as you know, habits, all habits, are resistant to change. We are creatures evolved to develop habits. It makes us more efficient. So these habits, these developmental habits of insecurity, well, they're not going anywhere. And that's why when you, you think about changing who you are, how you feel, we're often spooked by the fact that therapy, analysis, can go on and on and on. In the Woody Allen movie, Annie Hall, Annie says to Woody, Oh, you see an analyst? To which Woody replies, Yeah, just 15 years. I'm going to give him one more year and then I'm going to Lourdes. Well, tongue-in-cheek, but you know, it's not unusual, is it? We've become impatient with traditional analysis. Back in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, analysis was the gold standard. With its meandering, free associations, and endless dissection of the past. And who hasn't heard, you're going to go to analysis and blame everything on your mother. I think it's fair to say that analysis has kind of reached its apex and is now on the decline. We're becoming more impatient. We don't have 15 years. We want answers. We don't want to meander around talking about our potty training. And self-coaching is a response to this impatience. And I started to realize that psychology doesn't need to be an arcane science that requires years and years of delving into the depths of one's unconscious. I see this often with people I see. They're looking for the why. Why am I feeling this way? As if the answer to that question would solve all the problems, liberate them from anxiety or depression, life struggles. But it's not the truth that will set you free. And that's what's important. And that's why I evolved and developed my self-coaching philosophy. Because the only thing that's going to set you free is if you learn, well, to ignore the frogs. To recognize that the hysterical frogs, the doubts, the fears, the negativity of insecurity, well, this is the voice of insecurity. It's not your voice. So what, what is your voice? Well, you need to separate the frog voice from what is the mature voice within you. What's the mature voice? Well, what happens when we listen to the frog thoughts, we're really not thinking because these are reflexive thoughts of fear, doubt, negativity, like a knee jerk. So we're not really probing the validity of these thoughts. We're more or less capitulating to these thoughts. So what you need to do is harness your consciousness when you are in the throes of a neurotic spiral. And you need to insist on a more objective and accurate assessment of what's going on. And that can begin with the question, well, what is my mature voice saying about this? See, once you realize that there's this insecurity-driven voice, and then you ask, well, what would be the alternative, the mature voice? You're in a position of not being overrun by the insecurity. You're in a position to legitimately challenge the reflexiveness of that which brings down your life. Now, once you begin to recognize that you have a choice between insecurity-driven thinking and mature thinking, then you need to develop new habits. 
habits of mature thinking that in time can challenge the reflexive voices of insecurity. Now, do we ever get rid of those old reflexes? It's a question I've pondered for a long time. These imprints, when they're put in at such an early age, and when they become reinforced for many years, well, not only are they resistant to change, they may also be resistant to being extinguished. Now, should that concern you? Only in the fact that these reflexes can be driven to the backdrop of our life. They can be neutralized, and we can replace the immaturity, insecurity-driven thinking with more mature thinking habits. Now, maybe we'll be challenged from time to time, but once you have taken the air out of the tire of insecurity, it begins to flatten. It becomes less potent, less capable of tripping you up. So do we ever extinguish it? Maybe not, but maybe it's not that important. What is important is that you are no longer victimized by insecurity. You see, you become victimized by insecurity when you allow yourself to be manipulated by the frogs. That was Thumper. Thumper did not hear the frogs. When you are being manipulated by insecurity, your ears are wide open to those naysayers, the frogs that are telling you to quit. It's too hard. You can't handle this. You need to train yourself to have a deaf ear to insecurity. This begins to neutralize and diminish the effect that insecurity has on your life. And we're talking about neuroplasticity. We're talking about changing the anatomy of your brain through learning. Our consciousness is the single most potent part of our, our mind. And if we apply the full strength of our consciousness, there isn't too much we can't accomplish. But in order to replace and diminish the habit loops of insecurity, then we need to practice, develop new habits of thinking that support what to me is the, the sine qua non, the essence of self-coaching, and that is self-trust. Self-trust is the end game. With self-trust, then you really have learned to turn a deaf ear to the frogs. Because with self-trust, you believe you can handle what comes your way. And if you can handle it in the moment, your maturity has the wherewithal to know that you've You've managed many, many problems in your life, many concerns, many ups and downs. You get through. You trust yourself. You believe that you can, and you find ways to prove that. So my self-coaching, my impatient form of therapy, if you want a quick fix, if you want a guarantee, you buy a toaster. If you want happiness, a better life, then you have to work at it. It takes time. Yeah, there's no question that applying yourself to the right path to restructure your life, your thinking, it's called habit reformation, it'll take time, but at least you'll know what's required. Rather than exploring your past ad infinitum, you'll know exactly what you need to do, and you'll practice it. You know, this past month, I decided to pick up my old guitar and to begin to follow some of the many instructional videos on the internet. Now, I know it's going to take time to acquire the skills to play the songs I want to play, but at least I know the path. Now, if I'm impatient and I want to play that song without acquiring the skills, well, I'm being immature. I'm not being mature, but at least I know what's required. And that was my whole intention with self-coaching, to provide a format 
so that at least you know what you need to do to progress. If you're in the dark, if you're waiting for a therapist, a shaman, or a guru to give you the answer, then you don't know what is required. You're waiting for it to come from the outside in. Truth is, you can't have it both ways. If there's no truth that's going to set you free, well, then it's up to you. Either you're silencing those frogs or you're not. It's really up to you. So anyhow, stay away from that COVID variant if you can. Wash those hands and do all that good stuff. And if you get COVID, well, <laughs> you know, it's like everything else in life. You just bear down and you get through it. That's self-trust. You get to the other side somehow. And if you have a minute or two, I'd like you to visit my website, www. Do we still have to say three W's? Can't we just say selfcoaching.net? I don't know. I'm old school. So visit selfcoaching.net where you could learn more about my self-coaching philosophy. And take a look at some of my books there on relationships, losing weight, which is wonderful for the new year, right? And my latest book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression, The Four-Step Self-Coaching Program to Reclaim Your Life. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, well, that's not an option anymore. You know, by definition, victims are powerless, and you're not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So join me every week. And what do you say we make it simple together? Believe in yourself. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender. There is more than it seems. Hold